and turn with me, if you have a Bible, the Bible's at the back if you don't, to Luke chapter 5. The words will come up on the screen. We'll read from verse 27 to 32. I'll pray before we read. Heavenly Father, I just do thank you for your word. Thank you that we have your revelation in our hands. Thank you for the Lord Jesus, for whom it speaks. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give me the words to speak well of the Lord Jesus, in whose name I pray. Amen. So Luke chapter 5 and verse 27. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I want you to hear this morning from the Lord Jesus himself as to why he came into the world at Christmas. And I have the deep conviction that if we're to understand the real meaning of Christmas, we cannot do better than to hear the Lord Jesus himself. In John 18 and verse 37, Jesus said to Pilate, For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. In Matthew 5 and verse 17, Jesus says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfil them. In John 12 and verse 27, Now my soul is troubled, but what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. And in our verses this morning, in verse 31 and 32 of Luke 5, it says, And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And Luke 5 is in the context it's of a dinner party, and it's held by Levi, the tax collector, who has responded personally to Jesus' call and his invitation to follow him. And having been converted, Luke tells us that in his great joy, Levi invited a whole company of tax collectors and sinners to his home. And the scribes and the Pharisees grumble because Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners. They're, these people to the religious elite are riffraff. They're beyond the pale. As you may know, tax collectors in those days were viewed as immoral and collaborators with the Roman occupying forces. They were dishonest and unscrupulous. They were running their franchise like a protection racket for the Romans, always skimming a bit off the top to line their own pockets. So they were despised. They were rejected. And as a former tax collector himself, at this point, tax collectors and sinners were the only people that Levi would have called friends. The only friends that he would have had 
would have been the people equally rejected. No one else would have wanted anything to do with him. He'd been cancelled by the do-gooders of the polite religious elite. But now his life has changed completely. Why? Because he met Jesus. And Jesus turned his world upside down. And now as a follower of Jesus, he wants nothing so much as to share what he has found in Jesus with those he knows who desperately need him too. But the religious elite, the Pharisees, they're not at all impressed. A holy person, a holy person, as Jesus claims to be, would not be seen dead with people like this. And to that attitude, Jesus explains his purpose, why he came into the world in the first place. The mission which the Father sent him, the reason for which Jesus was born, was not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That's why Jesus came. Do you see that Jesus, that Christmas happened so that Jesus might call sinners to repentance? I just want you to reflect on three things with me this morning. The invitation that Jesus was born to make. Who is that invitation for? And what are we being invited to? So it's the invitation. It's to who and what is it we're being invited to. So the invitation. This is a season for invitations. You may have sent a few invitations yourself. Maybe you had a Christmas party at work to which you were invited. Neighbours and friends sent out invitations to join them in their festive celebrations. It is the season for invitation. And the passage in Luke 5 is full of invitations. It starts, of course, with Jesus' invitation to Levi to follow him. It was an invitation. It was a call. And then there was an invitation that's implied in verse 29. When having come to Christ, begun to follow Christ, having been changed by Christ, Levi invites all his tax collector friends to a great feast in his home that they might meet Jesus. And the passage is built into the climatic invitation which describes the very reason for Jesus' birth on that first Christmas morning. I have come to call. I have come to call. Not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus was born to issue an invitation. So Christmas is all about God's great invitation. And I pray that however many invitations you might have this year, and however you might respond to them, my prayer is that you would respond to this invitation with the same eagerness that we see in Levi in our passage. That's the first thing I just want you to simply notice, that there's an invitation. Secondly, who is the invitation for? Who is on the list? Well, look at the text. The Pharisees and scribes are not pleased that Jesus is at a dinner party with a guest list like this. And look at Jesus' reply. So the Pharisees and the scribes, they grumble. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why are you seen with this bunch of people? And Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 
I have come to call the, not the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Jesus isn't denying, by the way, the characterization that the Pharisees and the scribes made about the guests that night. They, they're in tax collectors and sinners, every one of them. But why is Jesus there? Are these the kind of people that a holy man should consort with? Because Pharisee means set apart. And the Pharisees sought to lead their lives distinguished by their exacting obedience to the ritual and moral requirements of the laws and traditions of their ancestors. They sought to be holy, devout and pure. And surely the Messiah, when he came, would gravitate towards people like that. Not people like this. That's what the Pharisees thought. And his reply, Jesus said, that sick people are the ones who need doctors and sinners are the ones who need a saviour. The healthy don't need a physician. The righteous don't need to repent. So the Pharisees are right in their diagnostic evaluation of the guests at Levi's home. They are sick and they need a physician. They are sinners who need a saviour. If you can get to see a doctor, um, which is, can be a little hard to do, one of the more difficult things they have to do is because people self-diagnose today. Do you know that? I, I mean, if I get a, a, an ache or a pain, I've died, I know exactly what's wrong with me within three minutes because someone, some guru on the internet has told me. So you get all of these people showing up at the doctors saying that some terrible fate has befallen me because have you seen this scratch on my elbow? Well, in this case, the Pharisees' di diagnosis of others is sound. But their diagnosis of themselves is terribly wrong. Levi and his pals were sinners, that is true. But they think they're perfect. We're not sick, we don't need a physician, we're as fit as fiddles. That's what they thought, we're as strong as a horse. There's nothing wrong with us, why do we need a doctor? And we recognise immediately the danger in that thinking. They couldn't have been more wrong about their condition before God. Because not only were the Pharisees sick, but their disease was terminal. They weren't righteous as they thought they were. They were sinners. And the difference, the only difference between Levi and the Pharisees was not their need of a saviour. The difference was that one person realised they needed a saviour and the others did not. Listen, Jesus extends his call, his invitation to everyone. He is the good physician for everyone who is sin sick. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And he's come to issue his invitation to a world of lost people. Not one person can say, if they have a right diagnosis of their heart, I don't need a saviour. No one can say that. So Jesus comes to extend his call. He was born on Christmas Day to bring God's invitation to every single sinner. 
That means he came to invite you. Because you have need of his call. Because, like me, you are a sinner. And you have a need of the good physician's treatment plan because you and I, by nature, are mortally ill. But the problem is, just like in Jesus' day, too many of us look at the likes of Levi and we find ourselves saying, God, I thank you that I'm not like him. God, I thank you that I am better than them. I thank you that I'm not like them, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I'm so thankful I'm not like him. We live in a world which is so polarised that everyone is saying, I'm so thankful I'm not like them. I'm so thankful I'm not like them. We get the invitation, all right. It comes in the post, or not as the case may be, We've, we've received the invitation, but we don't recognise our name on the envelope. We just assume that the invitation does not apply to me. It's been wrongly addressed. I don't need Jesus like this. I will have Jesus on my own terms as an accessory to my life, but I don't need him as if I was dying. That's for those other people. But Jesus was born that first Christmas to invite you and to invite me. And in order to find a place among the guests, you need to qualify. So suppose you show up at a venue listed on the Christmas party invitation, and there's a big burly bouncer on the door checking names. You know, he has one of those clipboards, or a little iPad probably, and you've got the list of everyone who's been invited. And he's checking the names at the door before you can be admitted in. And next to each name is the category, Wicked Sinner. So you hand the man your invitation and he runs your name down the list. Mr. Devonish, Devonish, yes, let me see, you know, yeah, let me see. And I'm saying, does that say Mr. Devonish Minister? No, I don't see anyone with that name. You know, or Mr. Devonish, you know, sort of an exalted, well thought of, Happy guy? No, don't see that guy. But I have a James Devonish wicked sinner. Is that right? No, that must be some mistake. That's not who I am. Yeah, I'm not perfect. But I'm a pretty decent guy. I'm quite a good chap, actually. I'm not a wicked sinner. Well then, sir, I'm sorry. You can't come. Because only wicked sinners are invited. And you watch as he opens the door and he admits wicked sinners of every stripe ahead of you. The gossip, the drunk, the cheat, the liar, the immoral, the bigot, the Christian, the cancelled, the lonely. They're all welcomed in and he closes the door in your face because you think you're not a wicked sinner. Jesus was born to extend the invitation of God to every sinner, but only the sinners. And unless you come to yourself in Jesus' description of who gets invited, you will never get in. What a tragedy, what a tragedy, if poor ignorant sinners of every type entered ahead of you because they responded in faith to Jesus' invitation while you in your pride resisted him and rejected his call. 
Jesus was born that he might deliver in person God's invitation to sinners. That's why Jesus was born. So, there's an invitation. Who's it made to? Wicked sinners. What does God offer in the invitation? What are we being invited to? In the coming of Jesus Christ, what is it that God is offering? If Jesus came that first Christmas to issue an invitation, we need to know to what we're being invited. Well, there's an invitation to repentance. There's clearly an invitation to repent. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And there are two parts of repentance, and we have to understand both. There's the turning from and the turning to. And repentance means changing the trajectory, the set of mind, to turn yourself round and go in a new direction. And it necessitates an ownership of the sinfulness of sin, of the depth of our need, of our helplessness and our lostness. Repentance isn't, whoops, I got caught again, sorry Lord, and then you bounce along happily on your merry way. That is not a heart repentance. Repentance means facing my sin in all of its ugliness, seeing it, hating it, and fleeing it. But there's another side of repentance. If you, not only must we flee from and face and turn our sin and mourn our sin, we must turn to Jesus Christ. And all too often we get stuck in the first part and we don't practice the second. With the result that this, our sin, our need, is looming so large in our own eyes, we find it impossible to believe in pardon. And that's the opposite problem of the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees didn't think that they were sinners. But sometimes when we begin to repent, our consciences sting. We're convicted of our sin. And our sinfulness can loom so large that we are so ashamed we stop there. And our repentance is incomplete. Because we not only need to turn from our sin, but we need to turn to Jesus. Because Jesus did not only say to Levi, stop sinning. He said, follow me. So repentance is a turning from sin and a turning to Jesus. Have you failed really to own your own sin and never repented at all? Or has your repentance got stuck in how wretched you are and you struggle to believe that you're really forgiven? Or am I forgivable? So Christmas gives you a new opportunity because Christ was born to offer an invitation to full, thoroughgoing, real deal repentance. You turn to Jesus and he comes to you today as surely as he came to Levi with his invitation. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And secondly, there's an invitation to repentance and there's an invitation to renewal. And that's what Jesus means when he said, it's not the healthy who need a physician, but the sick. Now the sickness is the sickness of sin. It's the sickness of guilt in the sight of God. And we need to resist the temptation 
as if our main problem is that we're just dysfunctional and he came to fix us. Our main problem is that we've transgressed God's law and we're in need of his mercy. But nevertheless, implied in what Jesus is saying is he makes the wounded whole. He makes the blind to see. He heals the brokenhearted. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And the wonder of the Christmas message is when you come to Jesus, he makes you new. He makes you new. What a gift God has wrapped and offered to us at Christmas. A whole new you in Christ. So we've been invited to repentance. We've been invited to renewal. And there's an invitation to joy. And that's what we see exemplified in Levi who was a tax collector and he was rejected and he was cancelled by society. He was despised and cast out. But we see joy. Jesus said, follow him, he answered the call. He turned from his life of sin and wickedness and he's been made a new creature and he can't help but be joyful. He wants to share it with everyone who will listen. You've got, you got all of these tax collectors and sinners gathered in a house. Now, it doesn't sound a wonderful party naturally, but it is because they're all joyful. Because there's a celebration and Jesus is at the middle. There is a sorrow that should mark every single Christian. A sorrow for what we see of the remaining sin festering in our hearts. And a sorrow for those around us ignorant of the love of God in Jesus Christ. But there should be joy. There should be joy, because having come to know the great physician, he has made us well, and we can say, it is well with my soul. So why should Christmas be a season of great joy? Well, I really hope that you enjoy today, that you rejoice with friends and family, and in the happiness and the wonder of the season. But the reason that Christians rejoice we have a reason to rejoice that not, not even the angels who split the skies over the shepherd's heads knew anything about as they sang Gloria in Excelsis Deo. They couldn't enter into this. We have more reason for joy than the angels because Jesus did not come for them. He came for us. He came not for the angels. He came for you. And that is the reason for our great joy. The living God who has come in person as the Lord Jesus Christ invites you into fellowship with him. A fellowship that will be transforming. It will make you new and the spring of joy in your heart will well up forevermore. Come to Bethlehem and see Christ whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee. Christ the Lord the newborn king. That is the invitation. I wonder if you will answer that invitation today. If you, like the Pharisees, don't think you need him, you will use him well enough. You'll take his name on your lips. You'll play religion when the need takes you. But you don't believe that you have to have him. That your sickness is a sickness unto death and you need a saviour. My dear friend, hear his invitation. Jesus is calling you to follow him.
He came for you. And today is the day to answer his invitation. May God bless the word for his glory. Amen.